0: we totally revolutionized the traveled incentive business
1: most humans coexisting with dogs are not successful
0: we like to call it the honeymoon ring because they'll leave the very expensive one at home and where they're trying replica when they're out traveling i'm richard gerhardt i'm elizabeth
2: gerhardt you've just heard some great tidbits from our show stay tuned for the rest
3: want to patent your invention the chance is near You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. I'm Richard Gearhart,
4: founder of Gearhart Law, a firm specializing in patents, trademarks, and copyrights.
2: I'm Elizabeth Gearhart, not an attorney. But I work at Gearheart Law doing the marketing and I have my own startup.
4: Welcome to Passage to Profit, the road to entrepreneurship, where we talk with entrepreneurs, small businesses, and discuss the intellectual property that helps them flourish. Our special guest is Marco Torres. He's the founder of Marketing Boost and incentive-based marketing expert.
2: I can hardly wait to hear what he has to say. And then we have (laughs) Sasha Armstrong, who doesn't love dogs, but we don't always love how they behave. And Sasha can help us with that. She's the of canine state of mind.
4: Boy, could I tell her some stories.
2: <laughs> Here's a very cool idea for all you people planning to get married. Brian Elliott with wovemade.com, a revolutionary engagement ring company that lets couples design their own rings. It sounds so incredible. So stay tuned for this.
4: I wish that had been available when we got married. Well,
2: but... it wasn't available in the <laughs> early 1900s.
4: <laughs> Is that how long it feels? <laughs> anyway, before we get to our distinguished Guess it's time for ip in the news
2: a u.s federal court ruled that patent inventors have to be human so this was in chemical and engineering news by jillian kemsley august 14 2022 and a physicist Imagination Engine CEO Stephen Thaler listed an artificial intelligence system as the sole inventor of a patent. Right. Of an invention for a patent. And as
4: I understand it, they were deliberately naming the AI as the only inventor on the patent so they could get a ruling from the courts. And what the court said was, look at the statute itself. The law says it has to be a natural human being. So (laughs) what makes you think you can change that? I mean, it's going to take an act of Congress to do that.
2: And we were talking about, it, I was like, why would you want to do that anyway? And Richard said, well, if it really does invent it, Then you could have inventorship issues if you don't claim it as the inventor, and you can always assign it to the person through their company or whatever. But I guess the person that created the AI would be the inventor, right?
4: I don't know. That sounds like a little bit of a stretch. In any case, it's not a problem.
2: But it does remind us of the copyright issue in 2016 when the court ruled that a monkey could not be the owner of a picture.
4: That's right. That's a famous case where a photographer set his camera on a branch in front of a monkey. The monkey... Took a selfie, right? (laughs) And so the question was is the monkey the owner of the copyright or is it the photographer? And again, the court said, well, even if the monkey did take the picture, he's not really the creator of the work, even though he kind of was. And we're going to give the copyright to the human. So I guess humans still rule <laughs> for now, <computers>, Until
2: <laughs> robots take over. Anyway.
4: <laughs> anyway, it's time for Richard's
3: Roundtable. Marco, what do you think about all this stuff? I am a little loss of words on what to talk about when it comes to <laughs> whether the monkey owns it or the artificial intelligence <laughs> owns it. It's kind of like, wow, this metaverse is, getting deep <laughs> that's right <laughs>
2: yeah pretty soon your metaverse avatar is gonna own everything. Right?
4: <laughs> right sasha what are your thoughts on all this
2: i'm in the same boat as you guys
1: i do not listen to the news i don't watch the news i don't own a tv i think most of what is coming through these days is very negative and destructive and really keeps people vibrating at a very low frequency i don't busy myself with that i stay on the up and up
4: that's a good perspective I think you do have to stay positive under all circumstances. And if we're having questions about whether or not artificial intelligence can be an inventor on a patent or whether a monkey can be the creator of a selfie on a photograph, then we are tending in a kind of new direction.
2: I feel like (laughs) if something's negative, we just try to make a joke out of it. (laughs) Kenya,
5: you made me think a little bit about what does intellectual property protection look like in the metaverse, right? So do the same rules apply in this universe as it does over there? So I just was curious as to how it all works over there cuz I feel like definitely that's going to be a conversation piece as we continue to move forward and explore what's going to exist on the other side.
2: Well, that's true. I know with my VR stuff that I have to buy the apps. Like I pay monthly for this app that has this fitness in it that I like. So there must be some intellectual property there.
4: Yeah, I think the basic rules of IP sort of apply no matter what the technology is, but then you have new situations like what we were just talking about. And the law has to try to kind of keep up with that. And sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. But I don't think like the basic requirements to get a patent are really going to change because of the metaverse, but you never know. We just have to see what the metaverse is and what it's like and maybe some changes will make sense that said we have our guest marco torres incentives expert he's the founder of marketing boost he had his first business when he was 23 years old he opened a club that turned out to be really successful and he came to the United States and got involved in the travel agency business. And he created a company that managed to succeed by creating incentives for all different sorts of incentives, and in particular, client feedback on different types of hotels and travel destinations. So welcome to the show, Marco. It's a pleasure to have you here. And we'd love to hear about your company and how it all works.
3: Thank you, Richard. So yeah, I uh, launched marketingboost.com back in 2017 with some partners of mine. And it all came about as a, as a kind of an accident. We, uh, we were in the travel space, as you mentioned, previous to that. And we're building one of the fastest growing travel sites in North America at the time. And, And one of the things that we wanted and we were kept scratching our head for is how could we get, I mean, if we only had video testimonials from our clients, if we had more social proof, we'd be leveraging that we'd be able to generate even more sales. And uh, so we were scratching our head, what could we do to incentivize or to encourage people to go the extra mile of filming a selfie testimonial for us and sending that in? So we came up with an idea to do a survey, which was to, you know, find out, you know, when we figured they'd be at the peak of their happiness. And by the way, this tip I'm going to give you, any business could be implementing immediately to enhance their own social media proof and and so and so on so we would do a survey when we felt our client would likely be at the happiest of their experience which would be for example the day after check-in at the hotel and so we'd send them an email a survey text an email saying hey how's the hotel living up to your expectations on a scale of one to five scores how you know what do you think of the hotel and our service so far and if they gave us back a four or five we'd respond with a You know, wonderful, if you'd help us spread the word about this resort and film a selfie testimonial from the pool, the beach, the bar, what have you, we will reward you with a complimentary hotel stay in your choice of Orlando or Las Vegas. And those reviews started coming in, flowing in. And then we were, you know, leveraging those all over our website, turning those into thousands of additional sales with that social proof we needed, using them in our ad campaigns, et cetera. And then, of course, people were raising their hand a few months later saying, hey, how do I use that free trip you promised? And so now we were having to dig into our pockets to pay for those three nights we were promising in Orlando and Las Vegas, and that was getting expensive. So now we're scratching our head. How can we keep doing this and reduce that cost? So we went back to those hotel partners in Orlando and Las Vegas. And we said, look, we, we've you've got a problem. We think we can fix it. Uh, we know your hotel is never full year round. Let's be honest. I mean, you you're full for certain weekends, holidays, peak season, special events. But the majority of the year, seventy percent of the year, at least thirty percent of your rooms, if not more, are going empty. We can help you put warm bodies, couples, families, individuals in those rooms that are otherwise gonna go empty. And those people are gonna spend money at the restaurant, the bar, the casino, the spa, the gift shop, the excursion desks. They're going to book additional nights. They're gonna share you know, with friends about their experience and you're gonna generate additional revenue. And so we got a few hotels to say, okay, we'll give it a try. So now we had, rooms that were not costing us anything to fulfill those free trips we were giving away. And then we thought that started to work like clockwork. So now we're fulfilling the free trips we were giving away. And then we thought to ourselves, can you imagine if we had hundreds of destinations participating around the world, hotels all over the place that would work with us like this? So then we started soliciting other hotels all over the world to participate. And that became what is marketingboost.com today, where we provide and we totally revolutionized the travel incentive business. We're not the first to do this, but we really turned it upside down because we made it easy to use for a marketing, for a member, a business owner, to be able to give away these high value perceived incentives. their clients with whatever their call to action is and we were able to make it a win for the resorts because they were filling rooms that would have otherwise gone empty and generating additional revenue so it was a win for the resorts a win for the marketing boost member using the incentives and a win for the end user the client who received the incentive because they're now traveling for pennies on the dollar and all they're really paying for which i'll explain more uh, as we go along is the government fees and taxes i mean airfare uh, of course is not included food and beverage is not included and neither is the government taxes they're always going to get their piece when somebody checks into the hotel they're assuming they're going to get paid their government you know tourism taxes and fees so that's covered with what we call an activation fee but everybody wins because they're you know in this scenario and that became what is now marketingboost.com we now have thousands of business owners using our service around the world and uh, adding value to whatever their call to action is. We call it the wow, surprise, and delight factor.
2: So Marco, do you do anything with law firms? I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Law firms are under strict rules, so I'm not sure that they could use a service, but every other business could. Why I think you were so successful and what's so cool about this is this was not just an ice cream cone you were giving away. (laughs) This was something that really had value. So what kind of incentives would you say? I don't know, you had a jewelry shop or something, some other kind of business. I'm assuming they can use your marketing boost as well. What kind of incentives would you have them give away?
3: Well, we offer three types of incentives, three categories. One is the complimentary hotel stays that I just mentioned. And we now have offered them in about a hundred and. 30 destinations around the world from three nights days and places like uh, Las Vegas, Orlando, Miami, Daytona, Atlanta, San Diego, all 30 US destinations, five nights in places like Cancun, Punta Cana, uh, Cabo San Lucas, Costa Rica, seven nights days in places like Phuket, Thailand and Bali. And then we have hotel savings cards. And these are very powerful because they come in increments of one, two, three, and $500. And they work like a gift card, but they don't pay for the entire hotel stay. They'll discount the room compared to the Expedia's price lines of the world. And we call them a hotel savings card. They're good at over a million hotels worldwide. And the third category is restaurant savings vouchers that are good at about 100,000 restaurants and throughout the USA and Canada.
4: I think radio show hosts should receive complimentary travel vouchers, but (laughs) we have to take a break right now. (laughs) You're listening to Passage to Profit, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart and Marco Torres, who's got a pretty clever approach to providing incentives for businesses to attract customers. We'll be back right after this break.
6: There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are in. Infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www gearheartlaw.com our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget all of our attorneys are passionate about protection licensed and qualified to represent you before the united states patent and trademark office don't start your project without calling us first visit gearheartlaw.com together we can change the world visit g-e-a-r-h-a-r-t-l-a-w.com this ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson
3: now back to passage to profit once again we Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Our
4: special guest is Marco Torres. He's the founder of Marketing Boost and incentive-based
5: marketing expert.
2: We are going to let Kenya ask Marco a question now. So Kenya, please.
5: So Marco, I love that your platform has like a no timeshare presentation incentive. Like the <laughs> word timeshare makes me <laughs> cringe. <laughs> 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 to be honest with you. But I was curious to know what has been like the highest conversion rate on any of the campaigns that you've run, that you've seen?
3: Yeah, good question. I don't have all the stats on, you know, all the different members and how they use it, what type of conversion percentages they have. I do know that I use them myself to find business owners out there that are, you know, and and bring them into our fold. And we use a contest where we're bringing them in to win one of our own complimentary hotel stays in Cancun or Cabo San Lucas. And I'm generating leads on the internet for you know three and four dollars a piece for entrepreneurs for business owners, which is obviously a small percentage of, on Facebook ads that I'm running. And so they come in affordably, and then we put them into our Facebook group, and then in the Facebook group where we have about twenty nine thousand entrepreneurs in there, then we work on building it, nurturing those prospects, building our own authority and expertise on what we provide, what we teach and uh, eventually most of them end up becoming members. So it's a very high ratio for how we use them ourselves. And then we have all types of industries using our incentive. One thing I'd like to cover real quick, if you let me, is a lot of business owners at this point, they might be hearing this and saying, I don't get it. I don't see how I could use an incentive for my business. So I, if I could, I'd like to give you two of the biggest examples of in usage of incentives from major players, if that's okay, to get people thinking. Would that work? That would Please. be
2: wonderful, yes.
3: So think about it. Amazon, Jeff Bezos, one of the biggest, richest persons on the planet, right? He had came up with years ago, and still using it today, and a very powerful incentive. It was Amazon Prime. So early on, he got us to buy into Amazon Prime. And most of us back then when I did it, I didn't even care about the video content he had on there. I wasn't even much of a video streamer at the time, but I wanted free shipping. So his incentive was buy Amazon Prime. You get free shipping on every product that, you know, just about everything that you can order from Amazon. Mm -hmm. So he eventually like captured us all on both Amazon Prime and the free shipping. And now every time we went to shop for something, we'd check and see if Amazon had it first. And eventually we all became, you know, super loyal to Amazon. So that's a big example of how an incentive the free shipping can change your business. McDonald's has had for decades the happy meal. The you know, the happy meal for kids, you take your eye off the price and focus on the prize, and you're getting the little toy in the package with the hamburger, the soda, the and the fries or whatever it is. And your parents from all over the country, around the world, are, so, are going to McDonald's versus Burger King because they can give that kid, their, their child, the Happy Meal with the toy in it so they can be entertained for a little while. And mom and dad can chat for a little while. During Guilty. Lunch.
2: Guilty. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, Elizabeth really likes her Happy Meals. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so that's kind of what we do is we give our business owners the ability to have the adult Happy Meal something to add value to whatever your call to action is and we also teach you you know whether you use marketing boost incentive or not create your own incentive create your own happy meal what but you got to you should have something that adds value to your call to action for people to select you versus somebody else.
4: Are there other kinds of incentives though? I mean, if you were an entrepreneur starting out for some reason, maybe the travel piece didn't quite fit. What other kinds of incentives would you have entrepreneurs considering?
3: Well, I'd be one creating to see what I've got on my own shelf. I mean, You think about the grocery stores, you know, we all walk into a grocery store and what really grabs our attention, 10% off or the buy one, get one at the entrance of the store, those big baskets that they'll have full of buy one, get one stuff. And if you really think about it, half the time, all they did was double the price of the product, but we're feeling like it's the impulse buy. Now we're buying two, buy one, get one. We're buying two cans of beans when we didn't even need one of them, but, you know, but because we think we're getting a real special deal here and they practically doubled the price in many cases. So what can you create? Can you add value by adding, for example, let's say you're a business coach and you want to, uh, you're, you're hoping people would hire you not for just 30 days, 60 days, but you want them to stick with you for six months. You could use these incentives even to solve customer service problems. You know, you've got a, a negative review from whatever, somebody on your team dropped the ball. You could reach out to people and say, listen, we really apologize. We dropped the ball. We'd like to ask you to give us a reset button so we can fix the problem. And of course, that's the first thing you need to do is fix the problem. But then you might say, you know, if you'll pull down that negative review after we fix the problem, I'm gonna reward you with a three night stay in Las Vegas on us. After we fix the problem, we'd like to give you a hotel stay on us just for your aggravation. And maybe you'd consider pulling down that review. So you can literally help control your online reputation just by using these incentives as part of an encouragement to either modify the negative review or take it down, especially after you solve the problem and use an incentive. And there's just so many more ideas, but thank you for having me. And yeah, yeah. marketingboost.com. Well, so, people
2: need to sign up with you to find out these other great ideas.
3: Right. And I was Correct. just going to say,
4: I'm sure the thought of a vacation will instantly put <laughs> even the grumpiest customer in a better <laughs> mood, right? So,
2: Sure does me. <laughs>
4: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> well, again, thank you, Marco, for joining us. We'll be back with more Passage to Profit right after this.
7: Hi, I'm Lisa Askles, the inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years, hundreds of products later, and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world, QVC, HSN, e-vine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you wanna know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, Contact me, Lisa Askleys, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, Lisa, at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com.
3: Passage to profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart.
4: Special guest, Marco Torres, who just really provided us with a lot of information about a very interesting and exciting incentive program. Effective
2: marketing
5: technique.
4: Absolutely. So you need to go check out his website. And now time for Power Move Kenya.
5: Power Move. We're going to talk about Snoop Dogg and Master P. They have collaborated on a new gluten-free cereal that is going to be healthier called Snoop Loops. (laughs) And when I first, (laughs) and when I first, I I hope so too, that was my biggest concern. I'm like, it just seems very close to another brand that we know out there, but they're pretty smart people. I'm sure that they you know, have gone through all the loopholes. Uh, oh. better So I was thinking the same thing, though, about just making sure that they they trademarked it, but I'm sure that they went through the proper protocols. But I thought that was interesting. And, you know, it's a fruity cereal, but it's supposed to be gluten free, not a ton of sugar and healthier for you. So Snoop Loops, it is
4: great. Elizabeth, time for your presentation. I Not really sure how to introduce you these days.
2: Well, I have a startup and it's a video directory of small businesses. I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail, but I'm building a website for it. I did proof of concept through COVID. I got interviewed a lot of small business owners, put them on a website that wasn't exactly what I wanted. So now I have somebody building a website that is really the right fit for me. And I'm telling you, we built websites like your heart law. We've never gone through the process. Like I'm going through it with this man. He is building it from scratch. He gave me a 20 page document that was the wireframe. So like how the website is laid out, how everything interacts. And I'll tell you, I'm never going to look at building a website the same way again, because this is like a blueprint for the website. And we never I think that people probably had it for other websites that we've developed, but we've never seen it before and gone through it with them. So building a website with the professional is very different than just throwing together a website. So you have to be careful who you choose. So I'm excited about that. I do think I have a new name for the company, but I want to start using it. a closely
4: it. guarded secret until the legal work is done. <laughs>
2: start using it before i put it out in the public but anyway so i'm excited i'm moving forward and as i have said previously i drafted a provisional patent application on this and i did that september 21st a year ago almost a year ago so i have to file the utility patent application by september 21st 2022 you get one year to file a utility patent after you filed your provisional patent application so I'm working on that at the same time, but this wireframe is going to be part of it. So it's really going to help. So it's going to be a pretty long application.
4: (laughs) I hear that it's growing exponentially, but that's what happens when you have a lot of good ideas.
2: But enough about me. I want to move on. I'm very interested to hear about this. Sasha Armstrong is a dog behaviorist, founder of Canine State of Mind, and she is the dog shaman. So please, Sasha, tell us all about what you do and how you do it.
1: Thank you so much for having me as a dog shaman and canine behaviorist. I bridge the disconnect or the breakdown between our relationship with our dogs, whether it's behavioral issues or clients that are coming to me that literally just want to create the best foundation for their new puppy or they're dealing with very severe behavioral issues um, and everything in between. My approach is very much so creating and generating the best version of The human, so that they can give that to their relationship with their dogs. Our dogs, as I always say, do the best with the information that we give them. And so, whenever we're in relationship with our dogs, which is exactly what having a dog is all about, is relating to them partnering with them, sharing a joyous life with them. This is not about a dictatorship, right? This is not about controlling the dog's behavior. This is not about uh, training the dog, which is a big topic I that I talk on a lot is the difference between education and, and training. And so when our dogs aren't showing up in the ideal version of themselves that we need them to be, whether that's an obedient dog, you know, or a well-mannered dog. Well, it's only because we've given them complete, you know, confusing information. And so what are they to do with that, (laughs) that confusion that we've given to them, but to act out because it does cause stress and anxiety. And so it's very important that the human's Are educated and equipped with the ideal technique and knowledge, ancestral information, all of the ways that we can show up the best version of ourselves embodied as alphas, as leaders, giving that gift to our dogs so that we can grow. In a wonderful partnership that's harmonious and successful. And most humans coexisting with dogs are not successful. Everybody always can say, oh, you know, my dog does this, or my dog does a lot of different things that don't work for me. But there's always something that's out of balance. And I've been working with humans and canines for 25 years. This is my life's work. I have thousands of clients and I've never come across a human to canine relationship where there wasn't areas that could be brought back into balance or areas where we can show up in better ways.
2: So let's say you have a dog. So we know people that have dogs. Our son has dogs. And his dog would get excited or angry or something and would pee in the house. How would you go about addressing that?
1: First thing is that dogs don't get angry or resentful. They don't guilt trip us. Those are all humanized projections, right? We're, we're giving a dog human wants, human needs. We're projecting different emotions onto them that are just not actually what is so, you know, what's real for them. So because humans are not communicating to their dogs in a language that is natural and instinctual to them, right? It's, it's all about us. We just assume that what's going on for us is what is going on for the dog. And it's just not that way. So that situation there, that behavior is showing up as a direct manifestation of stress and anxiety due to the fact that your son's dog has absolute complete confusion and lack of clarity around who is embodying the most important essential role in order for the pack to be successful and survive, which is the leadership alpha roles. And so because your son, not good or bad or wrong or right, it's just because this information, this information is not out there, which is what makes my company and my courses and my educational offerings so valuable is that it is giving people the ability, the resources, the education to show up in these embodied alpha roles in a language that our dog understands so that we can be ultimately successful and not have these behavioral issues come up, which is what most people are dealing with that. Your son is not unique or specific, you know, his relationship with his dog. It's, it's really what's happening with everybody.
2: Well, we were visiting him and his wife in their apartment and it was probably because we were there We went out to dinner, and when we came back, the dog actually peed on his wife. She was not happy, I gotta tell you. And I figured it was probably because we were there.
4: Not a great end to the evening.
2: (laughs) So would that just be the dog's anxiety because he didn't know who was in charge or because there were extra people around? The dog is already, whether you're
1: there or not, there is an imbalance. The ideal hierarchy in a dog's understanding of the world, their environment, and their pack dynamic is out of whack right? So your son, your son's wife, their dog, the roles are reversed. So your son's dog is completely taken on the responsible role of being in charge. And literally that is a a physical expression. It's a physical communication of a dog that believes that he has taken on a leadership role claims the territory of the pack. So by hmm. your son's dog marking on his wife, that is a expression of I am in charge. This is my territory. I am claiming ownership of this space and of you. Now, the dog does not want to assume that responsibility. It's very stressful for them because they're not cut out to fulfill those roles. It's basically like asking a child to run the show. And the parents are the ones that are giving the child that responsibility. Everything is on the child's terms. The child can't trust and respect in their parents' leadership. It's exactly what is going on in our relationship with our dogs. They need the same alpha female, alpha male present solid and secure roles in order to be successful, in order to be happy, in order to be you know, showing up in the world uh, in the best way. So that's actually really a perfect example of a behavior that shows up because the dog is trying to fulfill this job description. The dog is having this
2: understanding that he is in charge. And so, why wouldn't he mark? Right. That's really interesting. So, Marco, what kind of incentives do you have for dogs to behave? <laughs> no, but, Marco, do you have a comment or a question?
3: Yeah. Sasha, yes. My son's got a two dogs a German Shepherd and a big white Husky. And that German Shepherd has, I'm listening to your story there, and it makes sense that he probably has taken over the role of the dominant alpha himself. Yeah. I guess the question I have is, do you have online training or is it like in-person type of training for your services?
1: So I have a multitude of different educational options. My first master class, which I'm extremely excited about, is coming out at the end of this month. Uh, it's called the Embodied Alpha. I encourage everybody that is looking to up level their relationship with their dogs and it it could be anywhere from you know something that's going on like with your son's german shepherd there's actually a way to completely relieve that and transform that situation for the dog because clearly the dog is not happy you know you're looking at that dog in that moment and going like this dog is not happy about the job that he has to do he is really stressed he's really anxious and so this is the way to transform that, restoring harmony, not only within the family pack unit, but that creates a different relationship for the dog to receive people outside of the home differently. It it really is like a snowball effect So when you generate that ideal family pack dynamic, it's something that transcends outside of the home. So I definitely would encourage your son to visit with the masterclass. And then I do travel all over the world working with clients in home. And then I have a virtual education program, again, for clients all over the world. So uh, many different offerings and anybody can find out about that on my website, which is came nine state of mind.com. And that's spelled out C A N I N E state of mind.com.
5: Excellent. Kenya, I know you're a dog lover. I'm a big dog lover. And I heard the word dog and I immediately became overwhelmed. We just lost our dog a couple weeks ago. So um, it was a very emotional time for us it was very unexpected because he did not let on that. He was sick at all. He was older but we didn't realize he was sick. And one of the questions I have, because my husband and I often talk about, he had a very strong will. Like he had a lot of the same characteristics, like intrinsic things that my husband and I have. Can an animal take that on? Can a dog take on, I want to say your personality, but like, we just, there was just a lot of things that are very similar to him that were very similar to us that I just always was curious about whether they were able to intrinsically take on what we carry.
1: I would absolutely say yes to that. These are animals that we have been in partnership with for thousands of years. So the connection is so deep just very recently, the archaeologists found footprints that predated uh, when humans, when they originally thought humans were, you know, walking the earth. And, you know, it it was like way earlier than I think, you know, blew them away. And when they're looking at and studying these footprints, well, what was right next to the human footprints? Wolf prints, canine prints. Okay. So we have been in direct partnership with wolves, with dogs for longer than I think even we're aware of at this time. And so the ways in which we Mesh together and almost take on one another's. I mean, it's 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 fascinating. I'm actually in the process of writing a book on this because we as humans, we we like to believe that we domesticated dogs, but in fact, it was dogs. It was wolves that domesticated humans they were the original <laughs> teachers right we learned from them they showed us the way and so you know it's interesting with your dog that he took on a lot of these ways of being that you and your husband embody these these uh, characteristics i think that that absolutely can be and and then there's a lot of chemistries within different pack dynamics that don't gel and you know you have a lot of different personalities i work with families i work with single people i work with organizations. I work with all different kinds of chemistries and dynamics in which humans and canines coexist. And, you know, it sounds like you guys had a very symbiotic, a very fluid kind of you know, wonderful ways in which you gel together, which is beautiful. Um, I wouldn't say that that exists for a lot of clients that I work with. And that can be very challenging. We are all pack animals. And so naturally, if we're attuned and we're listening, we are going to be able to sit back and observe our wise, amazing animals that have so much to teach us. And, And we're able to see a lot of the different You know, there's the way that we communicate the language that we speak and the language that cats speak and the language that dogs speak is all energy. Energy, 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 body language, eye contact, postures, gestures, and that's universal. That's universal language.
2: My cats speak mostly through body language, but they let us know what they want. So again, Sasha Armstrong, caninestateofmind.com. Now we have, again, a topic about relationships, but a little bit different. It's called wolfmade.com. And what Brian has, I think is really exceptional. It helps young couples design their own rings. So Brian, please tell us about it.
0: We are a custom engagement ring company that connects couples with a jewelry designer remotely where they can design their ring. And then uniquely, we build them an exact replica of that ring for an at-home try-on experience. So we really believe in this lifelong purchase that couples should have total certainty in their process. So we provide this at-home trial experience so couples can try it on, make any final design adjustments that they so choose, and then we'll build them the final ring out of our shop in Lancaster, Pennsylvania.
2: So this try on ring, what's it made from? It looks just like the real ring would look, except it's not the real ring. So I could wear that on vacation because I hate to wear my expensive rings on vacation.
0: That's exactly what our couples do. We like to call it the honeymoon ring because they'll leave the uh, the very expensive one at home. And sometimes wear their try on replica when they're out traveling to uh, maybe one of Marco's free hotels that uh, <laughs> he, he got them through a the marketing business. So uh, couples really enjoy that, that aspect uh, as well.
2: This is such a great idea. So tell us how the process works. Let's say Richard and I wanted to redo our wedding rings. We would contact you through your website, Wove Made. Yep.
0: You'd answer a few questions about yourself and what you're looking for. And that's actually going to match you with a jewelry designer who works here at Wove. And you'll do a Zoom consultation, just like we're talking now, where they're going to really understand what your preferences are, what you love, some of the jewelry you wear now. And then you're going to end a day later with actually a hand sketch of the concept of your ring. that you can say, yep, I'm ready to move to try on or who I want to kind of change this color or stone setting. And so really the, the sketch process done by our designers gets folks a visual representation of their ring. And then a week after you approve that, you'll actually get that ring for an at-home try-on experience that we'll build uniquely for you. So- Couples usually have it for a week or two at their home, trying it on in their daily life before they say, yep, "Yep, this is perfect." We'll provide them some curated diamond options to select from. At that point, we'll present virtually. They give us the thumbs up, and we'll build the final ring form out of our shop, which takes a couple of weeks. At that point, what
2: That's- if you don't like it?
0: That's okay. Most clients do actually fall in love with the replica because we've gone through the design sketch first. But we have lots of clients that make, you know, oftentimes small tweaks, whether it's uh, the way it, the way it a diamond set or a diamonds inlaid and these are really only adjustments that you would realize after you kind of sat with the ring for a while. So it speaks to the power of the process of having a moment to have the ring, wear it around. Uh, and then we're happy to make adjustments for our clients for uh, for the final ring to make sure that they're happy because this one's forever. So we wanna make sure we nail it for you.
4: So how long have you been in business and what prompted you to create this
0: model? Yeah, it's a great question. My co-founder is really the jewelry side of the business. We started about a year and a half ago and our initial entry market actually uniquely was, was folks in the military that were deployed. And so they really had no other options. Uh, both Andrew and I, West Point graduates, served in the Army together. He ran a jewelry business afterwards. I started building companies for a living. And then we really teamed up to help our friends overseas, kind of navigate this engagement process experience when they first asked us. COVID hit, everyone around the U.S. started asking for the exact same experience. And really the business grew organically. From just you know helping our friends that were deployed to being able to help everyone stateside, and and fortunately the way that people shop have completely shifted and changed, and uh, we're not seeing demand slow down at all with uh, with the reopening of stores.
4: Have you noticed any trends with like men spending
0: more on their rings or? sort of glamming them up a little bit. I think we're seeing a rising demand for hyper-personalization that both men and women, they really want a special and unique feature, whether that's a stone inlaid in the inside of the band or just the geometry of the band itself, just small ways that they'll know it's special. And so we love that we can be so personalized with our clients and give them something that every time they look, it's a reminder of how unique their relationship really is.
2: Do people ever get to copy other people's designs? Or can you say nobody gets to copy this design?
0: Yeah. So we don't copy designs. We do steer towards the more bespoke personalized mm-hmm. design. We can use something as an inspiration to get the general concept that you're interested in, but we do have to kind of personalize uniquely for that client. Excellent.
2: So Marco.
3: I guess typically the woman in the relationship knows more of what she actually wants, but I'd be lost at trying to figure out. I would need like how about we start with some sample ideas to pick from and then start tweaking on that, which I imagine you offer as well?
0: Yeah, our, our designers are really good at guiding folks from ideation on a call towards a concept by the end of it. And so they're, they're truly professionals at understanding, you know, they could ask you questions about, hey, like, what are you wearing right now? What does your watch look like? You know, what do you normally wear on a, a day-to-day basis? You feel better in a gold or a silver necklace. And pretty quickly, they'll start navigating with some photos to some imagery that you'll really resonate with. And you're really a co-creator in this process. While you don't know what you want at first, we'll kind of guide you down that path. And our clients tend to be really happy with where they net out.
3: What I really love about your business is you've taken something that typically used to be, you had to be in person, you had to be at a jewelry store. If you were going to be designing a, a, a ring, you had to be in person with the designer and doing it now on Zoom and what have you is really genius. Congratulations. It does remind me of another client of mine that does national uh, wedding photography and videography. Guess what? He uses the marketing boost incentive, the honeymoon package. So it knows when they buy his whole kit and caboodle, when they buy the video, the photographs, the videography, the editing, the picture book, I don't know what they include in the whole kit and caboodle, but then they throw in the honeymoon stay in Cancun or Cabo, for example, or Hawaii, and they're able to get a higher price than they used to get without it. And hold on to the price versus discounting to beat competitors.
0: I just signed up for Marketing Biz, Marco. So you got yourself a new customer. uh, (laughs) So yeah, it's an incredible service. And uh, I I look at it as a nice way to surprise and delight customers.
2: That's
5: awesome. So Kenya, do you
2: have any comments?
5: Yeah. So just curious, like in terms of like, say you get a ring, right? The first time around and you're not crazy about it. Do you have like, not from you, but like in just in general, and you want to upgrade Like, what are options like later on the road? Because sometimes, you know, years go by and you're like, oh, this is actually going to work. So now it's time for an upgrade
0: (laughs) to get serious about it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So what we offer clients is a diamond upgrade program. And this is a nice program because it doesn't put pressure on the couple to try to force, you know, a bigger diamond than they're ready for at that moment in their relationship. This process should not be stressful. It should feel like delightful and magical because this is a a really special moment in your life. And so what we'll offer is, you know, down the line, if customers want to just trade in their center diamond, we'll we'll hold the value of exactly what we gave it to them for. And then they can upgrade to a different diamond that might be larger relative to the stage of the life that they're in. And so uh, we love that we're able to offer that, but we also like, more than anything, I love the stress that it reduces off of that moment in time, knowing, Hey, and when I'm in a better spot financially in life in 10 years from now, we can go get that two and a half carat. But right now this ring and this band, this design is perfect for us.
2: Brian, how are you advertising this? And then do you normally get young couples on their first marriage or do you get people who are maybe going on their second marriage who want to really do the ring right this time? Or what is your, customer base.
4: well and if it's marriage number four then there's four diamonds right I mean... <laughs>
0: <laughs> typically we're seeing uh first marriages for us uh, it's it's typically skews you know 28 to 35 year olds folks that um might work in marketing or technology uh and, and folks that are open to trying something that's you know not the completely traditional path because couples at this point are, are buying actually going through the design process together which is different than it was you know 10 15 20 years ago we find our customers to be our best source of business. Uh, so we really focus on high, having a really high net promoter score across the experience. And they end up referring folks back to us. Uh, we offer a referral program for folks to uh, refer friends, family, anyone back to us. And then we've started providing clients uh, actually Instagram reels of their ring being crafted from start to finish that they can post. And so uh, Whoa, and that wow. enables an additional level of sharing that uh, is really exciting, but it's also really unique to something that only Wolf can do because we build everything right here in the U.S. So it draws out some of our equities in a really unique way, and it allows customers to have a unique digital asset they can have on Instagram and in their wedding video that forces folks to say, "Oh wow, how did you get that?" And then they get steered back to Wolf made. That's
4: amazing, and I really love the way you're putting so much new thought into your business model. One of the challenges I would think is scaling this. If you're doing custom craft work, how do you Scale the business.
0: It actually scales quite nicely with some advancements and some handcrafting tools and machinery that just make the process a little bit faster. So it's really the perfect augmentation of what humans are great at and what tools are great at to make us a little bit faster at creating custom jewelry than I think was possible 10 years ago. So, so that's really a part of, of what scales nicely. And uh, another part of it is just system design, right? And so we do just in time manufacturing for everything that we do, meaning that we always match our labor supply with kind of our marketing Outputs. And so it's just Mm -hmm. created an equilibrium of the amount of customers we're driving in with our capacity uh, and having a really, really tight pulse on, hey, the dollars in equals, you know, X amount of rings we're going to make this week or month.
2: For all you young couples out there that are thinking of getting married, if you want a one of a kind ring based on your personalities and a ring that you can take that is not the real ring that you could take on vacation with you. This is the perfect solution. It's wovemade.com. That was Brian Elliott, Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart, our special guest today, Marco Torres. And we will be right back.
6: What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearhart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearhartLaw.com At heart Earhart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, Contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson.
3: Now more with Richard and Elizabeth Passage to Profit. Wow, what an
4: incredible show we've had. And if you've missed it, please check us out on our podcast. It'll be out tomorrow and you can get it wherever you get your podcasts. And now it's time for Elizabeth's question. So Elizabeth, what is our question this week?
2: Richard came up with this one. So the question so we're not, ask is it
4: my question or your question?
2: It's my question, but you came up with it so we share a lot of things so if you could do one thing over in your life what would it be and Marco we're going to start with you you're on the hot seat
3: you're on the hot seat Marco all right I think I would take Sasha's mastermind course just so that I could (laughs) learn to be that alpha male in my own house (laughs) maybe I could wear the pants a little bit more (laughs) no (laughs) Honestly, what I would do over again if I could was when my kids were young, if I could do it over again, I'd spend more time with them along the way and making sure I was more in their lives than, you know, being just the breadwinner and focusing on work, work, work. And next thing you know, they're grown up. So if I could do it over again, I'd be spending more time with my younger kids.
2: Excellent response. Yeah. Okay, Sasha, you're
1: next. I don't know. I feel very secure in my life path and all the choices that I've made. I don't feel like I would do anything over. I feel like everything has been just divinely laid out. It's been a beautiful process. You know, there's been challenges and bumps in the road and learning experiences, but I definitely don't think I would have done it differently.
3: I'm not sure I like you anymore. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs> so, Brian, is there anything that you would do over?
0: Uh, yeah, it's a great question. I'm very jealous of Sasha um, and your perspective. I think I would have tried to gain a skill set earlier, and the skill set is to focus on being present and in the moment when you're kind of with family and friends. I've been really working on that over the past few years and it's increased my quality of life significantly with zero change in what's actually going on, but just the skill set to pause and be grateful and thank you for those around you. And so I wish I would have learned that when I was 18, not in my thirties, but it is probably the single best way to increase your quality of time and happiness.
2: Well, don't worry. You got a long time to practice that in your (laughs) thirties.
5: So Kenya, what about you? Brian, you used a great word, present, which actually I had thought of earlier. And I would say I definitely don't regret any of my choices, but I do regret times where I wasn't as present. And that's something that I am working on you know, as I move forward with being more present in the moment, you're just more aware. I mean, sometimes we're working on so many things. We're like in a hurry to get to the next thing. And we're not really being present in our current state, in our current moment, really appreciating what's going on and being connected to that. So that's
2: something I'm working on. I was actually going to say, I grew up in Seattle and I always wanted to live in California and I never have. And I had a couple of times when I moved, when I could have gone to California, but I think like everybody's saying here, the choices we made have led us to where we are today. And we're all pretty happy where we are today. We're all still working on ourselves, right? But I do think when YouTube first started, I really enjoyed that kind of stuff. And I wish that I would have started a YouTube channel when it first started really early with my cats or something, because I've always had cats and they've always done ridiculous things. So I think taking advantage of new technologies early and making a business out of it, if I could have realized all the possibilities with that earlier in my life,
5: I think that would have been fun. Yeah. Well now uh, you have a kitten that you can, you know, chronicle oh, my- and- This
2: kitten is weird because he's polydactyl. He's got extra fingers. So he's got these ginormous paws and he knows how to use them now. He's gotten used to them. I mean, when we first got him. We need a
4: terabyte of storage to handle all of the photographs that she's taken (laughs) of this cat.
2: (laughs) When we first got him, he was half dead. We didn't know it. He's only like five weeks old and really had to nurse him back to health. But I do have a lot of pictures of him. But yeah, you're right. Can I could do it now. Yes. Instagram, though, I think. So our guest today was Marco Torres, founder of Marketing Boost, incentive-based marketing expert. Now I've got to tell you, this guy has amazing ideas for marketing your business. You can find him at marketingboost.com. Really, he's worth talking to. If you have a business and it's not expensive. That's what got me was when he told us how much it cost it was not that much. And then we had Sasha Armstrong, canine state of mind.com dog behaviors. But I think unlike this really strict weird lady that was on TV years and years ago, <laughs> I think Sasha's really got the key to really yeah,
4: look at it from the dog's point of view.
2: Yeah. Really make your dog and yourself interact the way that you want it to have happen. And then Brian Elliott with Wove, WoveMade.com for young couples who want to design their own rings and have them reflect their personalities and do it all remotely. These are all great companies.
4: I would say the latest and the greatest in wedding gear. So please check him out. And unfortunately, we have to sign off, but we'll return to the station next week with another episode of Passage to Profit. Before we go, I'd like to thank the Passage to Profit team, Noah Fleischman, our producer, Alicia Morrissey, our program director, and Mark Wilson, our syndication manager. Our podcast can be found tomorrow. Anywhere you find your podcast. just look for the Passage to Profit show. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And remember, while the information during this program is believed to be correct, never take a legal step without checking with your legal professional. This is Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.